We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Please hang up and try again. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Good morning. It's March the 9th, 2021. I'm Tom Richardson. This is a Removing Confusion podcast. And we have a show full of stuff today. I'm going to cover a lot of subjects. And I believe we will all benefit. Um... Technical difficulties in the background again. We uh, are looking at a lot of things today, and we're (laughs) I'm looking at a lot of things just in my own uh, little studio here, trying to figure out how am I going to do this, how am I going to do that. We've got the old peppermint and eucalyptus diffuser running over there, and no, I'm not a new ager. I just like the smell, and the light's kind of cool too. Okay, folks, I'm kidding. Um, uh, Where do you start? Well, first of all, I want to touch the news. We're going to do a a nice little look at the Bible, do some Bible study. Uh, Again, if I go long, it's okay. (laughs) I know you can always listen a little bit, come back later, especially if you're using some of the uh, easier to navigate uh, podcasting platforms. We are on Apple, iTunes. Uh, I don't know how uh, Breaker works. I haven't used it too much. You can listen straight through Anchor, of course. But uh, I, know, I know in Apple, what you listen to, then you can go, You know, it saves it where you stop. If, if I go too long, then cut me off and come back. I got a friend of mine that tells me he just punches the... Uh, Two times button, <laughs> so get, get takes his walk and and get through the fifteen minute walk in my half hour rant. Anyway, that that's that said, uh, I, I want to talk today about readiness. I want to talk today about uh, looking forward to what is coming. I want to tell you about what's happening right now. Let's go with what's happening right now. In the last twenty four to forty eight hours. Uh, maybe maybe a little bit more now, 72 hours, we have bombed part of Syria that the Iranians were holding on to. The Iranians have then in turn bombed some stuff, and the Israelis have bombed some stuff. And I'm sure that Assad sitting over there in Syria going, hey, uh, uh, yeah, I'm a bad guy, but leave me alone. I, I think his wife had the corona, so, you know. Hey, you know, what we have to look at, let me go through this Middle East thing real quick. And this is from my uh, non-educated, but yet I've been educated by men and women who know very well the situation in that part of the na- of the uh, world. And what happens is we, when we went into Iraq in the first place, uh, it was all about Al-Qaeda, now, most of Al-Qaeda was in Afghanistan. I can back that up, but I think we should be out of there by now. Uh, the reason one general of the chief of staff said to the president the other, uh, a few weeks ago or whatever, I don't know the way he said it, but he said, well, we can't leave. What about the women? So we're staying in Afghanistan for women's rights. If you're crazy, you can believe that. But don't let them fool you. There's a reason. There's a big money in war. Now, when Obama came in and, and touched off this whole Arab Spring with a bunch of his uh, anti-American speeches that he made, you know, the entire Middle East seemed to erupt. Yemen, uh, Egypt, Libya, Lebanon. Syria, 
and I probably left a few out, but that's okay. You get the idea. Now, these places were run by guys who were not really all that great. You know, but let's go back to, let's go back to Iraq first. We, we had Hussein and his two crazy sons who were in charge pretty much of Iraq at the time. And Bush had a, a real uh, hard-edged feeling about Hussein because he made, he made uh, uh, Bush Sr. look bad said some things, he was going to kill him and whatnot. So Bush Jr. said, I'm going to go get him. So we did. And we that's really, I mean, it comes down to it. They lied about the chemical weapons, folks. Hey, I'm a conservative. I'm a Christian. Uh, I vote Republican. I think I'm starting to slide more libertarian. I really want my rights as they are given to me through God and government, or at least what the government promised us. 200 and some years ago. Now they're defaulting on that. Anyway, um, we went into Iraq and we unsettled the whole Middle East there ourselves in the beginning. We were going to build this democracy in the middle of all the craziness that goes on there. Uh, It didn't happen. Those people have been under the thumb of these brutal dictator types for Ever, folks, forever. We turn a blind eye to all the things that go on in, in uh, Saudi Arabia because uh, we're in partnership with making money off of them and they make money off of us. We need their oil. We could have took the Iraqi oil. It's just as good. But anyway, we un- the unsettling of the Middle East, you know, and again, that's prophetic this whole part of the world is up upheaval. I know a fella that his he's got folks that live in Lebanon. He's from Lebanon. And the last time he was there, he came back and we we were talking. I said, "So, buddy, uh, <laughs> are you happy to be back here?" And he says, "Hey, let me tell you right now, United States, only place to be." Now, even with all of our insane things that go on here in the United States you know, we're still the best place going. And uh, the world sees that and Satan sees that. Keep that in mind. The wars that we fight on the ground are also being fought right over our heads in the unseen realm of the spiritual. Uh, look, you go, to a, you go to certain churches, they're never going to bring that up. They'll talk about we need to get people saved, but they don't realize there's a spiritual war even then to get people saved. They think their words and their their catchphrases and their altar calls are going to do the deal. And it, it takes more than that. It takes a move of the true God, the Holy Spirit, to get people saved. Prayer, Bible study, authority a real heart for it. And you can say you have it, but then when your other actions show opposite, you show me you are fake. I'm on a, ooh, Tom's on a rant. Call, <laughs> call in the UN. Anyway, uh, 10,000 troops will be in the, in the uh, uh, Middle East before we know it, if they're not already there. Biden's big worry with our military is coming up with uh, th- uh, body armor that fits women better, maternity flight suits. Are you kidding me? And the women's hairstyle. We have to revamp the military's ideas about women's hairstyle. I'm going to tell you right now, when I was in the military, and especially when I spent, I spent a year in Korea, you kept yourself high and tight. That means hardly anything. I didn't have much, much on the top to begin with. Nothing on the sides, man. You had to almost be shaved down. And I got accosted in, at breakfast one morning by the sergeant major, and he was a pain. But, and you know, I just had a haircut. And he's like, I hate to bother anybody at breakfast, but you need a haircut. And I'm like, good heavens, I just got, you know, it's like five bucks a pound. I think he was getting a kickback off the haircut. But, you know, now I'm going to tell you what, if you go, start messing around and say, women can have this, women can have, we're going to have guys with hair down to their, their navel. 
It's got to happen. It's got to happen because men are going to say, hey, wait a minute, equality and all that stuff for the girls, you're going to give it to me or the women. And whatever. I'm sorry if I say the wrong thing. So that the ridiculousness of it, the ridiculousness of it is you know, beyond the pale. Now, I understand that body armor, you know, maybe there's certain things that need to be worked out there, but, you know, whatever. I guarantee you, when the bullets are flying, you can wear uncomfortable body armor. Uh, the, the nation we live in keeps printing money. That's all there is to it. And many other nations follow suit. Uh, if you get a chance, Google, uh, I'm sorry, DuckDuckGo, uh, Venezuela, and see where they're at. And Argentina, see, these countries did the same thing, trying to print money to get themselves out of debt or make the people happy. And there's that old saying about, you know, the in the Weimar Republic of Germany, taking all your money in a wheelbarrow and people leaving the money and taking a wheelbarrow. We're getting there, folks. Your money is fiat currency. It doesn't really mean anything. It's Paper backed by nothing. You don't see on there. This is so, uh, you know backed by the silver. Or back, you know, I haven't seen that in years. You know they the last little bit of our coinage that would, had any silver, and it was like ninety percent, ninety percent silver. They call it junk silver that you can buy now. Was like nineteen hundred and sixty four. 1964, 1965 was the last silver coinage in this country. That after that, it was it's nickel, copper, and and assorted other things, aluminium and tin probably. But so we have nothing to back our money, and we're 28 trillion in debt. We will soon hit 30 trillion. I I, I know there's a. Uh, a, a way to understand the trillion thing, and it was like if you if you were alive in the days of Jesus, and you spent a million dollars a day, clear up to the days we live in now, a day, not a year, a day, you still wouldn't hit a trillion. It's something crazy. I'm going to look that up so that we can have that uh, uh, in a little bit better perspective because we need to understand we're we're living on a bubble folks and bubbles pop just like they did in 2008 we never really recovered from that popping bubble and the dot-com thing and the housing thing and all that we're we're really on a bubble right now and corona did not help us there's a fellow out there by the name of gerald salente or calente who says buy precious metals I'm not trying to sell anything. I don't. I don't have anything to sell. Uh, but uh, he, he also said this: get into good physical shape and finite financial shape. And the only way to get into financial shape is to own physical things like metal, silver, platinum, gold, whatever. If you're like me, you're a poor guy. Silver is the easiest. And the most manipulated, by Steve Quayle says, the most manipulated uh, product on the, on the metals market is silver because it's pretty much the most prevalent of the good metals, the precious metals, and it's starting to dwindle. If you want to buy some, I know some folks that sell some. I can hook you up. Let me know. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, that's from the experts. Uh, there's another guy by the name of David Morgan who also put out an article and said, you know, uh, silver is is taking a hit, uh, uh, and it's, it's not a bad thing. Uh, I'm waiting for a reply back on that one because the way he worded it was a little bit more difficult for me to understand exactly what he was saying in the article. But, uh, um Silver is on a you know a rise. They use it for all kinds of stuff. They use it in in your iPhones, your iPads, your iPods, your cars that are, you know, the, all the electrical garbage that runs those you know battery cars that everybody's pushing for, you know. And uh, hey, if you got some, you're in good shape. If you don't, <laughs> you're like me. You're hurting. I got a very little bit of anything. Uh, let's move on to something gross. 
They want to outlaw cows. Now, I brought that up before uh, a while back. Cows bother the, 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 the greenies because cows flatulate. They, they pass wind. And, you know, cows are big animals. When they eat and they let out wind, it's a, lot of, a lot of gas comes out. And I'm not trying to be gross. This is true. They're after cows because the cows fart. And that's terrible news. I mean, it's nothing new. It's been going on for 6,000 years. But yet, the, the lefties, you know, AOC and her crowd are out to get rid of cows. We got to get people's dependency on meat done with. You, you watch, you'll see all those commercials now for the nothing burger, I'll call it. That's what they call a bad news day. But a nothing burger, it's got nothing but plants in it. Now, folks, they're talking about insects. Now, I, I love John the Baptist. <laughs> I think he was one of, you know, aside from Jesus Christ, I believe John the Baptist was one of the best preachers. Let's just say he was one of the best preachers pre-Christ, before Jesus came onto the scene. He didn't care what they thought of him. He wore the basest of clothes. He didn't wear a suit, guys. Now, I do wear a suit when I preach, and I wear a suit when I go to church. I like that. I just like to. It's a preference thing. It's a it's a respectful thing. It's not a it's not a it's not a standard for my position. But let me tell you something. He wore camel hair. He had a camel hair thing, you know, girt about the loins of the camel. I'm like, you know, John was a wild man. He was like a, uh, Elijah from the Old Testament. If you read about Elijah, he was a wild man. His hair was wild. Yeah, he was a Nazarene or a Nazarite. I'm sorry, a Nazarite. Uh, they took an oath where they didn't cut their hair, their beard, nothing. I mean, they hardly washed, and they spent a lot of time alone. John ate locusts and honey. Ugh. But it may come to that. I mean, we might not have a choice before it's all over. But, you know, they want to replace meat. They don't want you eating meat. They tell you how bad it is for you. Hey, look, everything's bad for you. If you're getting processed foods, whatever whatever you don't make yourself out of your garden or your friend's garden or whatever, it's bad for you. It's got sugar in it. It's got poly, uh, polyethylene glycol in it, probably. It's got all the monosodiums. It's got soy, bean, oil. Check for that. It's the emasculating oil of the century. It's turning men into women. But they want to use insects for food. They already have certain amounts of things that are allowed to fall into your chocolate bars. I don't really eat much chocolate anymore because I got diabetes. There you go, a product of bad genetics and eating too much sugar. And I blame myself. Um, but, you know, you're allowed to eat some of locust eggs or legs or whatever that's in your Hershey's bar. I'm telling you, you know, I'm not trying to turn you off your food, but please, you know, just understand there's, there's a, there's a quality assurance thing, but then it's, it's lightning. But these people are talking about actually making your hamburger out of some kind of insect, feeding these insects organic waste, and that will make them more healthy. I, I just can't understand. We have cows all over the place. I live in I live in Ohio. We're farmers. I'm not, but you know, around me is nothing but farms. Dairy farms down the road. There's beef farms out there. I mean, there's buffalo. I mean, folks, we're allowed to eat meat. God said so. He made it plain for the Jews not to eat certain things. That's, a, that's law. You are not in the law, but you're going to be because the government is going to make it so that you have to eat certain things. And I guarantee you, folks, there will be things in those things that they want you to eat that you really don't need. It's already in the beef. Filling full of hormones. It's girls that are 11 that look like they're 22. Goodness gracious, what have we done? Do we have any idea? Is it too late? I think maybe at least for our generation. But to switch completely to plants, that's a personal preference. Don't force me. It's just like you force me to wear a mask when I walk into my local establishments and 
I do it. I'm, I'm not. I'm telling you, I'm not. I'm and I'm not one of those cow towers. I just don't want. I yeah, and people say, well, yeah, it's because you don't want the confrontation. No, I don't. And plus, I know that everywhere I go, they're going to just harp and harp and harp. And and around here, there, there's not many mom and pops left. I want to eat. I got to get food. I'm, I don't want to talk about me. But that's the truth. I mean, you know, the, all these things that they're doing to us, they're, they're causing us to do, wear the mask, eat the bugs, you know, uh, bug burgers, they're the best thing for you. Maybe we'll call them uh, hamburgers. I don't know what they're going to do, but it's gross. It's not what we have been promised by God. He, he said, go and make fruitful. He meant everything, not just humans, all animals and such. Now, maybe we rely too much, but, you know, that's we're going to get into a little bit of what. how do you prepare. Goodness gracious, I've gone up 20 minutes already. <sighs> you know who owns most of the farmland in, in the United States? Ding! Bill Gates. Just give you an idea where the cows are going to go. Either Bill's going to make more billions or the cows are going to go. Or he's going to use them for shooting them with antibody gene therapy, whatnot. You're going to use food as a weapon, folks. They, they have, to a certain degree anyway, they use certain things that they put into food that bring us down health-wise. But uh, when some disaster finally does hit, one, it, say a dam breaks somewhere or a volcano goes off or something, you know, any, whatever it takes, you know, uh, the Texas thing that just happened with the horrible uh, ice storm knocked out power and phones and all kinds of stuff. You know, it, something way bigger than that even, where the blue hats come in, the UN stormtroopers come in, and they say, we've got food on the truck. Give us your guns. You don't need them. If you want to eat, you'll give me your AR-15. You'll give me your 22. You'll give me your 9 millimeter. You want to eat? I'll give you lots of food, but you got to surrender your weapons. Folks, stock up. It can happen. Oh, he's a conspiracy theorist. He's gone from news and Bible study to, to conspiracy theory. Wait and see. Wait and see. Let's uh, roll right along, then. I uh, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about preparation. Oh yeah, you know what else I wanted to say. Uh, this whole troops going crazy in Israel and uh, the Middle East, and uh, Iran threatening Israel again. Israel threatening Iran. Uh, Netanyahu talked on the phone the other day to our leader. Her name's Kamala. Don't call her Kamala. Kamala. And he told her, no matter what you guys say or anybody says, we will not allow Iran to get a nuclear weapon. And I believe Bibi ain't going to let them get, uh, he'll do what he's got to do. They've already done quite a bit in the past to keep it from happening. And he said, now, here's the thing what I want to go for. That is that is news in itself, that, you know, r rattling sabers or whatever you want to call it. But the Israelis don't rattle sabers much. They usually back it up with something. With uh, the phone call was not made by the leader of the free world. It was made by the VP, the vice president, not the president. Is he too good to speak to Mr. Netanyahu? Or is he just incapable? You decide. Is she being primed? Because the 25th Amendment, which states that a, a president has become ineligible or incapable of withholding his uh, duties of office, I think they, they're getting that ready. Because in the end, Obama is still president. Oh, yeah. It's conspiracy theories, Tom. Quit it. Get back to the Bible, Tom. 
I want to read some quotes. And this is a, he's, I saw something, they were hilarious. Uh, there was an HBO special a long time ago that they put out and it was called John Adams. Great. One of the better things that they've done. Um, I think it was very close to history, and uh, it was well done. It was just well done. Uh, the, the, the period clothing, the uh, the quotations, and he made a quote within it when they appointed him, John Adams, as vice president to George Washington. John Adams says, I am vice president, and this I am nothing, but I may be everything. Mm-mm-mm. John Adams also was the first person to utterly despise the vice presidency. He said, my country has in its wisdom contrived for me the most insignificant office that ever the invention of man contrived or his imagination conceived. And there was a whole list of these uh, on this website I was looking at. These guys, different ones. That you know, one one guy said the vice presidency wasn't worth any more than a warm bucket of pee. And I know I got a little vulgar there. I'm sorry, but that's what that's from a vice president himself. I forget who he was. It, it, <laughs> he went down in in infamy. He, he his name even with a great quote. He he doesn't get a lot of credit. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, you know, the vice presidency now seems to be a big deal. You see her every time he shows up in public. She's standing over there like she's like one of the Secret Service agents with her hands clasped in front of her, standing at attention, just waiting for him to drop over so she can walk over and take the podium. I am not happy with the way things go in my nation's capital. Those who lead it are failing horrifically. <clears throat> boy, oh boy, oh boy. I'm still rolling, ain't I? Yeah, I, I haven't hit 30 minutes yet. We're going we're gonna to go into the Bible. Because I can meld these things together uh, for you. And I, I know that most of you that are listening to me are, are pretty savvy and you know Matthew 24. And if you don't, please go to Matthew 24, the first gospel, the first gospel in the in the New Testament, Matthew 24. In some Bibles called St. Matthew, like the one I'm holding. Now Jesus went up uh, to the temple, they were, you know, doing their thing, him and his his uh, disciples. And it was Passover week. And when they came out, there was three of them that were with him, his, his main three guys, Peter, Andrew, I think, and John. And they ask him that question that, that resonates through, through all the decades and centuries since. And, and they said to him, because first of all, Jesus said they're going to tear down. They were marveling at the temple, and Jesus said well, there won't be anything left here within a matter of time. And within 30 years, it was gone, and it's still gone. And they said to him, tell us, this is verse number three, tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of your coming, or thy coming, and the end of the world? It's a lot in that thing. There's, there's like three different questions in that question. And Jesus answered him. Now, we're going to break th- some of this down as we go in this last few minutes I want to do here. And he's going to talk about uh, right off the bat. I use this all the time. You'll hear me use this all the time. And I want you to apply this also to me. If you feel there's something I'm saying that's incorrect or unbiblical, he said, Take heed that no man deceive you. Period. He could stop there, but he didn't. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. There are a lot of people who go... Now, the word Christ is a title. It wasn't Jesus' last name. He is Jesus the Christ, or uh, Yeshua HaMashiach in 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 uh, Hebrew, which meant Jesus the Messiah. We we anglicize Jesus. 
I don't get caught up in the Yeshua thing and all that. Uh, I don't pray Yeshua. I pray Jesus. Uh, I'm English, Irish, American, so you know, that's what makes sense to me. And, you know, don't get caught up in that. Just understand, you know, it's a title, Jesus the Christ from Nazareth. And a Christ is an anointed one. If you go back into the Old Testament, I can show you, I don't have it, the, the reference in my head, but he, God actually said of, I think it was Darius uh, or Cyrus, I think it might have been Cyrus, the King Cyrus, that he was his anointed one. And that's what Christ means, the anointed one. So you hear these people that go around all the time, I'm anointed, anointed, God gave me an anointing, I want to anoint you. I mean, uh, anointed, anointed, anointed. In the Pentecostal realm, it is overused to the point of uh, ad nauseum, or just nauseum. I'm not here to offend you if you're a Pentecostal or charismatic. Just think about what you're saying when you throw the word anointed around, how this guy's anointed, I'm anointed, that, that sermon's anointed. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry. Now here, you know, so we, we have a lot of that. And we have a lot of false teachers. Jesus hammered on false teachers all the way through Matthew 24. And, you know, uh, Mark 13, Luke 21. But Matthew 24 is where we're at today. He hammers on false teachers, false prophets, false men of God coming forth and, and deceiving many. That's a bad part. Many are, not, many are deceived because they don't know this book. Now he said, and you shall hear wars, rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. That's like a little break point, but it, it, let's go a hair bit more. Uh, for nation will raise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Okay, now, uh, all, all through the Bible, we have these different uh, analogies, uh, analogous ways of presenting the end times, uh, the coming of Christ, and it's like the birth of a child. A woman starts to feel the contractions. She starts to feel the pains. And then, you know, things escalate as they go along. I'm not going to get into a birth deep analogy, okay? It's not necessary. But you understand, especially you ladies, if you're listening to me, and I know there are 68% of my group are women. So you, if you've had children, you understand that it doesn't just happen. Things have to build up to a crescendo, and then the child is born. Okay, so let's look at something here. Uh, the the earth itself, we already know about wars everywhere. I just told you about 10,000 troops of ours headed into Syria. Uh, that whole area has been erupting. You, you know, there's fighting between Saudis and Yemen, there the Hutus and the Tutus, uh, the Shias and the Sunnis. Uh, Africa going wild. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Let's look at what the earth's doing, okay? Let's look at the earth. I want to hit you with something. In the first 65 days of this year, which would bring us up to about, you know, yesterday, day before, there have been 42 6.0 or higher earthquakes. 42 in 65 days of 6.0 or higher. Those are called killer quakes. They can do major damage. Now, it depends on their, you know, length that they gurgle around, you know, but 6.0, you don't want to ride that one. I've been in, I was in an earthquake up here in Ohio back in the 80s. It was like a 0.20 or something. It was real low, but it shook some cans and it broke some windows. You know, earthquakes are, 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 I wouldn't want to be in a big one. You know, everything's just rocking and rolling and, you know, your equilibrium's all over the place. Okay, let's go through this real quick. I know I'm over, but I'm going over anyway. We, I already told you, so you know. Uh, earthquakes, that's in 2021. Okay, the 60, uh, 42, 42 earthquakes so far 
up until yesterday. Let's go back 100 years, and we're, all, we're keeping a steady count at the first 65 days. Okay, 100 years ago, 1921, not weird to say that, seven. There were seven earthquakes, and these are all the ones that were 6.0 or higher, okay, 6.0 or higher, the big quakes. Uh, then we, we're going to jump from 1921 all the way up to 2020, okay. In 20, 1921, we had seven in 2020, which was last year, we had 24 in the first 65 days. 2019, we had 20. 2018, it bumped up a little bit again to 24. And in 2017, we had 15. This year, we've had 48. And that's that's we're just in the first 65 days. We're probably, I, I, I'm not good at math right now, uh, but we're, you know, March 9th, that's, we're at 68 or 69 days, and we've had probably 50 or 60 again. <laughs> I don't know. They, they're happening all the time. There's volcanoes erupting all over the place. You know, they're, they're starting to put out warnings for the Cascadia range of our western uh, part of our of our nation, uh, there's a lot of volcanoes out there. You got Yellowstone, which has been pushing up and pushing down, pushing up and down. You know, if that thing blows, we won't have to worry about our economy. We won't have to worry about pestilence and all the other things. It's going to be over for a, a whole lot of people. So there's rumblings all over the planet, diverse places. We're having, which means in places that aren't normal. Uh, that's kind of crazy, isn't it? All right, Matthew 20, 24, 9. And I know we're having, we're, this is good stuff, though. I, I really want to do this. Then shall they deliver you. This is, there's that little break at, at 8 that says, all these things are the beginning of sorrows. All that shaking and quaking and, and rumors of wars and all that, that's just the beginning. In, in 9, it picks back up again and starts section 2. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, you shall kill you, and you shall be hated of the nations for my sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And there shall be false prophets again that will rise up and shall deceive many. And because the iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. That means grow cold. They'll get, they'll get colder and colder. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. And the gospel, this gospel of the kingdom, shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. At verse number 13, it's kind of another one of those little breaking points. Because he says, let's read it again. Verse 13, I'm sorry. Uh, but he that shall endure to the end shall be saved. Endure to the end. The end of what? The end of all this stuff, still counting on your pre-trib rapture, I imagine. We're not even going there. <laughs> I'll lose so many people right there. But, you know, things are things are really ratcheting up. I want to talk about the, the first parts, you know, that, it, it, you know, they're going to hate Christians. They already do. They've always hated Christians. They fed them to the lions in the first century. And yet we think we're so good that we aren't going to have to face anything like that. Well, maybe not here in the West, because most of us are just barely functioning as Christian. That's a slam. That's a hit. That's something to make us all think, including myself. I don't have my mirror up yet, but someday, in, right in front of this desk, I want to have a mirror. And attached to that somewhere, it'll say, bear no false witness. The mirror is for me, so I can, I'm talking to myself just as much as I'm talking to y'all, because I need this. I need to know that I'm, I need what I'm saying. The Lord gives me a lot of stuff to say. I have notes here now. These days I've been using notes, folks, and that's something. But I'm going to tell you something. We got to understand that there's, there's a lot of stuff 
here. Okay, uh, in the Middle East and Africa, Muslims are murdering Christians daily. Not even thinking about it. Burning them alive in their churches, cutting their heads off, stealing their women, stealing their children, selling them into slavery of all kinds. Many will be offended, Jesus said. Well, let me talk about many offended. And very quickly, you try to talk about Jesus. Even to those that say that they're Christian and they don't want to discuss religion. Or maybe, you know, you're like me. I, I, I tend to study a little bit more than normal. Uh, uh, and I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I, I want to know my Bible better so that when I meet the Lord, I can say, Lord, I know you. I, I pray you know me. But there's so much that we can learn. There's so much that we can glean from this wonderful book, and we let it drop. We don't take the time. We don't listen to good pastors. We listen to jokes and stories. He made me laugh. He gave me something to think about. I remember that story you told 20 years ago. I don't want to know your stories. I want to know what God has to say, not what you have to say. Get with it, preachers. Get with it. And I know there's a fence coming. <laughs> oh, fence to some. That's sometimes it takes it. But you know, you try to talk about to, to folks that you th you know you, you know they go to church. You know they're they're in your family, your friends, or whatever. And you bring up Jesus, and you start talking about the Bible, and they don't want to hear it because they only want to be those Faraday Sunday Christians. Go to church. Period. Done. I drove the bus, I, I, I swept the floors, I mopped the cl closet, I, 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 I picked up the money, I did my ushering job, I greeted people at the door, I'm done. Because they told me that's all I got to do to be saved. Again, false prophets, he brought those false prophets up again. Jesus nails on the false prophet. Let's go down to that where he talks about the iniquity will arise and the love of many shall go, I love it, wax gross, grow cold. Or, you know, just think about it. Your love has waxed gross. Your love is gross. It's not real love. It's just, you know, I, I don't care about you really. That's, a, that's what that means. Iniquity. I had to. I looked it up because it's one of those words we know what it means, but do we really know what it means? Iniquity means a hate for the law, a disdain for the law. Now, in this particular case, it's God's law and man's laws that are godly. I believe that's my opinion. Take it to where you want to. But I guarantee when Jesus says the iniquity of many are going to grow way out there, they're going to lose control, that means they've given up on God's law. Now we, oh, I'm not under the law. Well, let me tell you something. To a certain degree you are. As a Christian, you still have to maintain, you know, and I'm not talking works here. I'm just saying you should be so enamored with your Lord and your Savior and knowing what he's done for you, that, that's, that he consumes you. And none of, us are, none of us meet that. None of us meet. And thank God, the grace of God helps us to gather ourselves at the times we need it the most. Because he does love you. But he also sees the iniquity. Now, within the Christian community, I pray there's not a lot of iniquity but I know there are there is some. There are those who sneak in unawares to our gatherings, and they they cause issues. They break families. They, you know, eyes are going back and forth to the wrong people, and all that kind of thing. Man, I ran myself out of air, folks. All these things are the beginning of of sorrows. He said, then he said also, but he that shall endure to the end shall be saved. 24.14, this gospel shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the, and then, and then shall the Lord, or the end come, sorry, I, I got the crease of the Bible there, good to see what I was looking at. 
and it goes into the abomination of desolation. We will do that tomorrow, or the next time I put my. I got to. I've got to pull this down to 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 a quick end because I know I don't want to lose you. Uh, I don't want to lose your attention. I hope that I can keep it. I hope I can keep. What do we do with all these things that are happening? Because we are seeing a lot of these things happen around us. I've talked about a lot of stuff here, folks. Earthquakes, volcanoes, wars coming our way. Again, uh, the, the, the state of our nation with the homosexuals and the, and the Greenpeace people that want us to eat bugs and not cows and all kinds of junk. What do we do? How do we maintain? First of all and foremost, pray. Pray for strength. Pray for a, a godly countenance. Pray for everything. Pray for everyone, even those that are hard to pray for. Gather some food, folks. Gather some food. It's easy. Ladies, 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 you know how to shop. Your, your guys might not. I do. I, I, actually, I like to shop. I go with my wife a lot. We didn't. She went out yesterday, and I didn't go, and uh, she gets flustered. You go to the store, and there's stocking shelves. You can't get to anything, you know. And I understand, you know, it drives me nuts, too. You've got to work your way around these big carts and everybody else's cart, and you can't even find what you want. But we have to really think about what we would do if a natural disaster or a man-made disaster shuts us in. And we don't have the ability. You know, Walmart has about three days' worth of supply of food in the pipeline and in the store, and then it's gone. And you saw what happened at, the, at this time last year, folks. A matter of fact, like a year ago today, all of our, that's my stupid cell phone, all of our toilet paper was gone. You could find beer, no toilet paper. I don't drink beer, so that's <laughs> out in the wind. But, you know, we had toilet paper here at the house. Stock up on toilet paper, folks. Get toilet paper. You're only going to be as comfortable as you can be uh, until the last little bit of toilet paper is gone. Then you're hitting the Sears and Roebuck catalog. and They don't exist anymore. Pet Pennies doesn't exist anymore. Hopefully you saved a few of those. Take the staples out. But understand that. It's, it, what I'm saying is I made a little tongue-in-cheek fun about that, but it's serious. We've seen it. I remember our local Walmart right down here in... Ohio, where I live, I walked in and and the 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 bean aisle, you know, the the canned veggies, all gone, except for some gross junk like okra. I hate, but they did have some greens, and I like greens. I like mustard greens, turnip greens, that kind of stuff. And the Old Glory makes some really good greens. They season it right, and I throw some more vinegar, and it's good. They had that. I bought some. I bought all. I I bought about five cans right off the bat. Had some at home already, but I bought it anyway. <laughs> dried beans, dried rice, folks. Get it, learn how to prep it, seal it in a five-gallon bucket. You can buy the buckets at, at Depot and Lowe's. I'm not I'm not advocating them. Or you can find uh, somebody who deals in food like that, food quality buckets. Number two should be on the bottom in a little triangle, and then you can stock it away. Find a way to de-air it, you know, deoxygenate it. Uh, on Amazon, again, I'm not prompting them, but you know, this easiest way to get stuff, or just duck, duck, go at uh, deoxygenation. It's those little square things that you find in a lot of different items you buy, and it sucks the oxygen out after you shut the door or shut the bucket up. Okay, here's something to think about, though. Here, I'm going to go through a list real quick, and then I'm going to stop. What do we do? We've already talked about our spiritual side, praying. Gather where you can. If you can't, then you do it at home. Pray together. Study together. Learn together. Love God more together. If you're alone, do it alone. You can do it. Where, where two or more are gathered, it says Jesus will be there with us. I guarantee you, even if you're in solitary confinement, Jesus is still with you. Water. This is These are things that you need to think about. One gallon per person per day. Food. Stock up on non-perishable items that you can eat regularly. I said rice and beans. They fill you up. You get tired of eating them, but hey, season it the way you want. Medications. If you can get extra of your meds, get it. 
if the other stuff like you know fish oil uh c d3 zinc um aspirin uh what do you call it ibuprofen whatever you take that kind of stuff buy a bottle or two extra if you're if you're on uh prime time or some of those other programs that are retirement programs these days, you can get uh, that stuff free so many times a year. So $65 worth or whatever. Tools and supplies, a utility knife, duct tape, battery-powered radio, etc., or even better yet, an emergency radio that does not take batteries. Uh, I have a winding, uh, you can wind the thing up over here on a, on a, a thing that looks like a Coleman lantern. Gives off good light. You just got to keep winding it. Sanitation and hygiene, you know, household bleach, soap, towels, etc. Clothing and bedding, a change of clothes for each family member and blankets. Important documents, make copies of your driver's license, passport, birth certificate, just to name a few. You know the rest. You know the deal. Get everything you can. First aid supplies, uh, although you're a goner if a zombie bites you, you can use these supplies to treat basic cuts and lacerate. I got that from CDC, folks. And they're doing their zombie apocalypse thing again. Hey, I'm going to wrap up. I went way over. But I really wanted to hit on these things today. I, I think that's important. And, you know, if you have to, break me in two pieces. To Listen, not personal. You know, don't do it for real. I got enough problems. But, folks, we, we are, we are, we're coming down to something. The end days, we're sitting in the midst of them, I really do believe. the music starts hey i thank you for sticking in there with me today god love you i do i appreciate everybody that listens to me i'll respond to whatever i can if i see it send me a message uh i'll set up an email sooner or later where you can email me directly we can talk or call me if i know you well enough you can call me anyway you have a great day God love you. Stay safe. Stay close to Jesus. Amen.